Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Comic Report wherever you get your podcasts. You're watching on YouTube. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in and hope everybody has a happy new year. And again, thanks for listening this year, throughout the years, and hopefully into the future. And don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. Also, another program reminder, Tuesday night, 7.30 Eastern Time with Bram Weinstein, the voice of the commanders and I, with our live stream show. So tune in then. It's a therapy Tuesday, but where it's really kind of looking ahead here now to what's going on and what's going to happen here. Because we're at that point where clearly things are obvious and and they have been for a while. And so that's going to be a big topic. Today, I'm going to go over a few players, three players in particular, and just all rookies, how they might factor here in the future, what we've seen so far based off the Niners game, but also their kind of their progress throughout the year. And just, you know, one, one to me is a keeper. One is a guy that I think can be developed. The other one is a big question mark still. And you're going to, you may know who they are, but stay tuned for that. Before we get there, we're going to do just about a couple minutes on some of the, I guess, candidates at, at that or big names are going to be out there for the GM, the coaching jobs, whatever. Just a couple minutes on that because there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to get thrown out there. Just understand there's going to be a lot of speculation, not so much reporting as this is who they're interested in, but it's more, who are, you know, they could be interested in these people. And this person has this tie to that and this tie to that. And I would say there's sometimes there's some people here that I know have ties to other people that they don't particularly maybe didn't get along with. So not everything is always going to be about the ties, but it does absolutely matter because it gives you insight. And so there are going to be some of that's going to be absolutely legit and it's going to make a lot of sense and it's going to play into all this, but we still don't know because it's still, even with all that, it's still speculation because it's not going to be one guy making a decision. It's going to be a few people with Josh Harris and, you know, the, the ownership group, um, including a guy like Magic Johnson. Do you bring him into town to say like, hey, going to have dinner with these candidates, talk to them and see what they, how you, how you value their potential leadership of an organization, whether it's as a coach, GM, whatever, v, VP of football ops, whatever it is. Anyway, a couple of things. I, I talked about Adam Peters, who's the assistant GM in San Francisco, talked about him the other day with Nick Wagner, our ESPN reporter, clearly knows the situation well out there. I also talked to Nick about Bobby Slowick, a potential coaching candidate, whether here or somewhere else. Now the OC in Houston, but has ties to the 49ers, also had ties to the commanders, the Redskins back in the day. But Adam Peters is the big one because he's the GM or the assistant GM out there. What would he do? And you should go back and listen to that one because Nick had pretty good insight why he may stay in San Francisco. Um, and um, and I've been telling you that for a while that he, don't be surprised if he stays there. However, I do think that his name's going to be out there that they're going to, you have to at least explore just because it may look like you may take over at a certain point out there and you are from that area, which is always key. And he's usually worked on the West coast, Denver as well. Um, but you're going to listen because you never know when these opportunities arise and it always gives you leverage, whether here or somewhere else, if you can get those opportunities. So would expect him to listen to whether it's here or somewhere else. And but Nick has good insight into what he's done out there and why he may or may not want to leave. So give that one a listen. That was on last Thursday. Um, one of the things that you hear 
that I've heard from a few, from a couple people with regards to the Harris ownership group is because they're coming from the NBA and the NHL. There may be a little bit of a, I don't want, I don't know if it's outside the box thinking when it comes to certain um, job hires or anything like that, but don't be surprised if there is a little bit of that for some of these roles. I don't know that for coach or GM per se, but maybe for a VP of football ops. That's why I know Ben Stanek wrote a big thing for, in the athletic kind of going down some of these candidates, some of their ties and all that. And he threw out there a name that I've heard too, Donna Ponte, who now works in the league office. She is the, I'll make sure, chief admin of football ops for the NFL, but she's been in the league for a while. She was with the Jets, the Browns, the Dolphins. So she has ties. She's been in front offices. Is she of someone who could end up being like a VP of football ops, kind of working in conjunction with the coach and the GM maybe overseeing some things. It's a leadership position. So if you're a strong leader and you have experience in that, you can do it. It doesn't, you know, they're not out there necessarily scouting or whatever, but it doesn't even matter. Like if it's a leadership position and they value that, that could be a somewhere they look, I don't know, but it's somewhere that, you know, you hear that name floated. You know, I heard this something last week, just like, hey, somebody, if if they're looking like this, they should look at this person, not that, hey, they are doing this. It's a, if they want to go this direction, here is somebody who would be good if you go in that direction. And her name came up. So, you know, then you have like, I mean, all the names are going to be, some of these are going to be common all over the place. Ian Cunningham, who has ties to Eugene Shen from Baltimore. It's a tie that I think matters. And not only ties to Shen, ties to a good organization. And he's also has experience with the Eagles, Ravens, now with the Bears, and, you know, clearly the Bears have done a couple things right because they've been winning lately and they look like they've kind of turned around. But he's someone who you would think would be in the mix. And, and it does sound like I do believe that like Harris met with him at the accelerator program at the owners meetings in Dallas earlier this month, met with a few few potential candidates, Champ Kelly, who's now the interim GM with the Raiders. Just meeting with somebody doesn't mean that you're going to hire them, but it certainly does help get to know somebody if as they were saying down there, if there's a potential opening, because at that point, and I'm not sure they were quite sure that it was going to be a hundred percent sure. Regardless, he's somebody you'd have to put on that list. Um, Kelly, um, Joe Hortiz, again, ties to Shen, do believe that it, that one matters too. Now still, but with Baltimore, again, successful organization, Ravens, Eagles, I think those are going to be key ones. Let's see. And Champ Kelly is a guy that... If if the Raiders don't keep him, would they bring him? I know he's very big in analytics. He's, you know, like he's got an analytics background. So like that, you know, does that, will that matter? I, I think it will if they like the other factors. I don't think it's going to be the end all be all, but I do think it's going to matter in some, in some regards here. So, you know, I think that's it. Alec, Alec Halby, who's now, he's got ties, Eagles, Ravens, um, Andy Weidel, um, ex-Eagles, Ravens, now with the Steelers. Josh Harris, assistant, you know, was a limited partner with the Steelers. So there's people that you're going to look at and you're going to hear some of these names and just, you know, I'd say be careful to make sure you know what's what's just like speculation and lists versus what's an actual report of who they're actually interested in. Um, and that that I think will start coming out next week. And they've been, this group has been very quiet about keeping names, whatever they're doing under wraps. I think it's, I think you should respect that because it's out of respect for who's already in place and that they they're trying to say hey nothing's been decided yet even though listen we know where this is going but it's just out of respect for coaches and people working here now i think that's a good thing and i think it's what you should want 
in an owner because we've seen the opposite and it doesn't, and it's not pretty. So I think you should respect how you handle it. I know a lot of you wanted people gone months ago, wouldn't have solved anything. And I think what you do is you get an owner who, who gave someone their word, gave and told people, this is what he's going to do. And he stuck to it. And I think that's in the end, that's what plays more versus just appeasing maybe some people to, to get it going. They weren't going to, they weren't going to hire anybody now anyway. So you're not, benefiting anyway there but keep sticking sticking true to your word will will matter with these candidates if you want to attract a good one now let's turn the page get into the players spend a few minutes on a couple guys and, and we'll go from there first the developer guy defensive end kj henry and on my podcast after the game i thought like he had flashed there were a couple times he flashed and you wonder okay what kind of game did he have well there were just a couple of plays where he really flashed. I think what you see with him is a fifth round pick. I think he offers something and I think he's worth seeing how he goes and develops. And before pigeonholing him into like, Oh, he's just a backwards this. I think he can be a rotational piece. You know, can he be more than that? I think it's way too early to say that. I don't think we've seen enough to, we haven't seen enough from him to say that he could be that kind of a player yet. But I think he's shown enough where it's like, okay, you flash, you show some veteran savvy here. You show this move over here. That's all good. But then you show something over here, like the other day, you know, I feel like his effort is usually very good. I think he has some skills. Like he's not, he, like I told you the other day, he's narrow, but he's got, but they really like the power from his hips. And so that can help him become a good player as well, or, or at least a helpful player as well. And, you know, again, I thought he flashed a couple times the other day. But there were some inexperience issues. A couple of times, it seemed like he was surprised by maybe where the block was coming from. There was one the other day, and I brought up as an example what the Niners did well, where they almost like trapped him. They have, they have, um, I think it was a tight end or right tackle, lets him kind of blocks him, comes up field, and then the fullback comes along and just drills him. And it's almost it felt like a almost like a trap, but it's just a creative run by the Niners. But also, I think it caught him off guard as to who was coming because he wasn't expecting that at all. Another time where it looks like he's expecting maybe Trent Williams to engage, and then the tight end does, and and so then you're you know you may come up field, but you're not, you're a little bit surprised by what's going on, and and then there, but then there were other times where there's one time where. You know, I'm looking at Trent Williams and Trent Williams's head is pointed to the inside. Clearly, you know, everybody talks about like, oh, he's tipping this off. Somebody's tipping this off. Well, Trent Williams tipped it off and he's a he's a great player. They tip him off sometimes if you just look for the clues, but he's looking inside and Henry is just a little bit off of him. And just so he's not going to block. Henry knows he's not going to block him. So he's able to just step inside, beats the blocker. Beats, beats a tight end, um, Kittle, inside, goes and makes a stop for two-yard gain. Just a nice play by him, but I think, I don't know if he read Williams on that play or not, but if he was looking for a clue, I think Williams gave it to him um, as to where he was going to go, which would then tell you who it might come down on you. Um, and so I think that was a nice job by him. But again, I think he shows something that's like, whereas Andre Jones still feels to me like you've got to get him another year in the system, in, 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 in an NFL camp and see where he see if he develops after getting some reps this year, after going through training camp last year. And depending on what kind of scheme you're going to run, same for Henry. I think it's going to be, there's going to be some scheme. If I'm Washington, I'm looking hard at two starting defensive ends in the offseason. To me, the question for Henry is, could he be a rotational guy for you next year? I don't know that. I think you're going to have to see more. And then it's going to be like, what, else, what, again, what kind of system are you going to run? There are a couple, you know, so that's going to depend on there. Um, with Henry, 
There were a couple of times on his pass rushes. Gets a little bit wide. I think he gets knocked off stride a little bit. Um, easily he's going to have to kind of uh, learn to handle that, whether it's adding strength or whether it's just, you know, learning how to um, explode into a guy there. You know, I think that's something that he's going to have to, to learn. Certainly um, a couple of times he stutter steps on, on some of his rushes. And I think, you know, you're going to want to see some of that improve. Um, just, I think maybe quicker hands a little bit, maybe. Um, but I think there's something there. It's just that the pass rushers were not as effective as they've been in some other games. Now, sometimes you're going against Trent Williams a lot, and that's going to be a big factor as well, because Trent is a beast and he still is at a high, high level. And it's got to be frustrating as hell for all Washington fans to watch how good Trent Williams is. I will say, I'm happy for him that he's with a very good organization to maximize who he is. But my God, that guy is good. And, you know, Bruce Allen really, really botched it. And, you know, that's, that's good. That's one that more, more than any of the moves they've made in recent years, that's the one that should haunt them. Well, I think the the way they handled the quarterback situation years ago, but that one in particular, that's, you're talking about a guy who's a hall of famer and it's a shame that he's not going to finish his career in Washington. Um, anyways, we, he's been gone for a while. So there you go. But I do think, like I said, I think sometimes, with the pass rushes, you'd see Henry getting a little bit wide. There was one time where it looks like he and, and, and John Allen might run a stunt and he stays outside. And he, I think it surprised Williams and he gets into Williams, kind of drives him back a little bit at the end. I think it stunned Trent and it was a good rush, um, but it, and it ball came out, but it was still a good rush. And so there you go. But I do think he's somebody that's worth bringing back, seeing how it develops and go from there. Number two, the questionable one is corner Emmanuel Forbes. And I think there's still, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how he fits here in the future, because this is going to be a new staff. What kind of defense are you running? Does he fit in that defense? Because if you want a physical corner, you're not going to want to put him out there in a certain, in some of your coverages, because it's not what he does. And that's not I want to knock it, you know, say, because there are other corners who aren't as physical in some defenses, you can survive. But if that's what you're looking for, it's not going to be what you're probably going to want. And and so I'll, I'll be curious to see how he fits in here in the future. Um, and as a first round, you know, as a first round pick, you'd like to develop because he does have talent. It's not like he doesn't have talent. There's definitely talent there. Um, but this new group will not be tied to him. And again, it depends on how does he fit what you're trying to do on defense as to what you do with him. He, and again, I think he offers value, right system, the right coaching. The guy, I think the kid can absolutely be developed because he's got skills and I don't think, and he's not someone who he's not a bad kid at all. And I think there's some maturity there. So I think you can be okay trying to develop him, but I do wonder how he fits. Um, a couple of times, the one good thing for him is he's gone up against a lot of really good receivers this year. And, and certainly Sunday was no exception. Brandon Ayuk, Gibo Samuel, um, a couple of times against Ayuk had press, not bad coverage. One time he's inside release. Ayuk takes him inside, tries to cut outside. Forbes sticks with him. Good coverage. Um, there's other times, um, against even against 19 against Debo Samuel where I felt like he played to his help a little bit better. That's a, that's been a knock on him because you see at times he's not played to his help. And there are other times where I think he wasn't, but in, and this comes some of the routes here. I think he did. Um, 
It's, but again, it's been a point of emphasis for him to learn how to play to your health and watch corners who do that. And I think that's been, to me, it's been a problem with some of the corners here. I think at times St. Juice needed to do a better job of that as well. Even on the deep one till Iuke, I didn't feel like Forbes was did not play that very, didn't play it poorly at all. I think one thing that Ayuk did deeper in the route, they were kind of even at one point in the ball is thrown. And Ayuk, you can see his kind of his arms stick out a little bit. And I don't know if they're hand fighting, can't tell from the angle, but it created enough of separation where then the then a perfectly placed ball makes a difference because Forbes still recovers on the play and gets his arm out there. It's just that the ball missed his hands by about, you know, a foot. But perfectly placed ball, but not really, but not a bad job by Forbes at all. So, and there, there are sometimes too, I still wonder about his technique. And this is something that they are going to talk about a lot, whether it's footwork, whether it's eyes, I'll get to the eyes in a minute. Um, but it's hard for me to say that without asking him like, Hey, what was happening on this play? Cause there's one time where he gives up and uh, uh, there's a, an in cut to, to Debo where he has help inside, but I wondered about how he played it with his feet. And I don't know, I don't want to criticize how he did it because I don't know if he did it right or not. And I wasn't able to, it's New Year's Day. I'm not bothering people today to find out. So that's something I'm going to ask during the week. Like, is that on this play, how are you, what is your technique? What is your, how are you reading? Because it wasn't a bad read. It was just more the drive on the ball. Could he have gotten more of a drive by using one way versus another? Or was it just, just a good route by Samuel? Could be too. So, um, but I still wonder where he's going with the eyes. There are a couple of times where actually there are a couple of times where I thought like he mirrored guys well, including Debo Samuel. So it wasn't like every play was bad. I do. One of the concerns too, is in the run game. He, he doesn't really, he's not a huge help in the run game defending it. Not like he's not going to tackle because we've seen him tackle, but just in the run defender overall, I mean, he's easy to, he's easy to take out for a blocker. So it's really in his, when he plays the run, it's got to be, if you see someone coming at you, he's got to win with his speed to the ball versus if it's flowing to you and the guys are coming out at you and you're having to read or whatever, like it makes it a little bit harder for him to do that because of, because of it, that's where the size really comes into play. But I also think, you know, you've got to use your strength, which is your quickness and your speed and getting to the ball, maybe a little bit um, faster at times. But, but anyway, that's why I say with the physical part, like if a, if a team wants corners, you're going to really be really strong against the run. Well, you're going to look, some, you're, maybe you do something different. You look for different guys, but you know, if they want guys who can cover, I think you can work with this kid and get there. The other part he's got to correct are the eyes. And that's a big point of emphasis for this staff as well. Still, um, there are a couple of times where even in zone where with his eyes, I felt like he was kind of um, would turn his back or take his eyes off the quarterback. And you're in zone. You can't lose sight of that. You've got to be able to see. It's like in, in basketball, ball man, ball man principle, see ball, see man. And the quarterback has the ball and the man is, is the receiver in that area, understanding where your relationship is with the, with that group. But there were a couple of times where he would, one time he turned his back completely to the quarterback in a, in like, and it looked like a, a quarters coverage possibly. I just, I can't imagine they would want him to do that. Um, now that one time in particular, it did not hurt him because he was able, he turned, nobody was threatening him in the flat, but he was almost watching, I, can't, I don't it wasn't even Debo, it wasn't one of their, it was not Debo or Ayuk, watching one of their guys go down the seam to make sure, it's almost like he turned to make sure that, okay, he's going to go do this, and nobody threatened him in the flat, fortunately for him, and then Debo, excuse me, McCaffrey catches the ball over the middle, somebody else is there, so it didn't hurt him there, but there was another time where it did hurt him against the deep out to Kittle, where he, where 
Forbes just kind of turns and keeps his back to the quarterback. And then as the receiver keeps going down the seam, so now you know somebody else has him, he then rounds out of it and comes over to Kittle. That's That would have been his area. So, But that's one, again, like my take on that is that you don't play it that way, but that's something I'm going to talk to people about during the week to see, did I see that right? And I don't like talking about some of this stuff unless you do, but I will go back and correct if if um, some of that is wrong, but it's what you see. So you wonder like, is this part of what they're talking about with the eyes? And I just know in zone coverage, you always, you do want to maintain that ability to see the field, see the quarterback, see the ball, see your man um, and, and maintain that relationship with ball man principles, etc. So then on the touchdown, he gave up a touchdown. Now in fairness to him, like he's covering, um, he was covering the receiver. I think that was Ayuk, but he's covering him. And he does a nice job on there, but then, Purdy extends a play by a long time. So the initial issues aren't his fault. The only problem he had is at the end, he loses maybe a little bit of the vision. And then you have Purdy pointing back to Ayuk to throw in the middle and Ayuk just stops and cuts back. And it looks like he lost a little bit of sight on that play. But for most of that play, he did a really nice job. So, you know, he just had to finish that one. And um, But again, like there's a lot still there, I think that you that you absolutely can develop because he does have really good reaction time at times and just his break on the ball can be pretty good. It's just there's some things to clean up to get him to that to a level where you can say, okay, this guy needs to be playing a lot more and he can make plays for you. So we're not there yet. He's, he's still got a stuff. He's going to have stuff to clean up not just for Sunday against Dallas, but in the off season and then next summer to see where he's at. So that's the, that's, that's, that's on him. To me, the keeper is Quan Martin at safety. Now of the rookie class, the two guys that I really like so far are Quan Martin and then Chris Rodriguez. And I think both of them look like guys that can contribute. Um, We have no clue about brain. Well, brain Daniels just did not look like, this summer that he was going to be someone who would contribute anytime soon. Stromberg, we don't know. Forbes had just talked about, I still, you know, there's, I think he can get there. He just has to get there. And then Henry to me development, but Rodriguez, I think is a guy that it's going to be um, somebody I think who can help, but also Quan Martin. And so and a couple of things that I like about him, <clears throat> I think he's competitive and I think he plays tough. I don't think he backs down. And I like that. There, there are times where he's, he's not a big, big, big guy, but he wasn't, he wasn't shying away from blockers, a tackle coming at him on one particular play where, um, you know, I thought he did a nice job taking, taking the tackle on and, um, you know, and not backing down. In fact, at the end of the play, like there was a little bit of shoving because he kind of took offense to how the tackle, what the tackle did. I don't mind a little guy taking a small, a little, I'm, He's bigger than me, but I don't mind a smaller defensive back doing that with the guy because it's just like, hey, I'm don't 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 screw with me, don't, don't do that to me, right? Stick up for yourself, and I like that. So I think he's got that toughness and that competitiveness. So let's start there, and I think you, that makes it for a guy who can help you. The question I don't know about with him is where is he going to contribute in the future, because he can do a few things for you, and that's why they liked him in the first place. Um, so on Sunday. He, he played all over, which tells me that he's a smart kid. And that was one of the, the pluses for him coming out, that they felt he was smart. And I think that showed up again. He's playing deep half. He's playing deep middle. He's playing in the box as a hybrid safety linebacker. In the box is a strong safety. He's covering he, – he covered the tight end. He covered Debo Samuel. He covered Christian McCaffrey on one time. So, like, he's doing all that stuff, and he doesn't look like he's hesitating out there. Now, 
He's not a big-time playmaker. We haven't seen that. He had a nice breakup of George Kittle the other day, jarred the ball loose. Nice job. But he's not a guy that's out there like, you know, making plays new this. To me, in some ways, he reminds me a little bit of a Cam Curl in terms of, just in terms of like, you know, in the right spot, smart player, good guy to have back there. Not yet, Cam Curl is not a playmaker. He's a good player. And I think Quan Martin can get to that point. Again, they're slightly different. They have different skills, but they can do different things because they're smart. And I think one thing that I'm going to get into with, with um, Quan, I think he's a good communicator too. At least that's how it appeared on Sunday. Um, so let's let's talk about that right now because there were a couple of times where I saw Quan, you can see it. I'm going to put up some plays as examples here where he's pointing, you know, a receiver comes in, they're playing a Tampa two coverage. And he's, you know, the receiver cuts in front of him. He starts yelling. You can see him yelling and pointing um, where the receiver's going. But David Mayo, the linebacker dropping deep in the Tampa two, is able to then slide with the receiver, takes him away, and the quarterback has to go elsewhere. But it's with the communication. That's what you want to see because it wasn't happening enough. To be honest, when Percy Butler is back there, not happening enough. That's something he has to get used to. Derek Force, I thought, did a better job with that, but without you know, but, but again, Percy Butler was very, to me, kind of up and down with it. It's something he has to get better at, but I think Quan Martin was doing that. And you saw that on multiple occasions where I felt like he did that. Um, so there, there was another time, there was a time in the red zone where, um, oh, what happened? Oh, so Kittle goes in motion and there, there's a stack formation on the left. Quan Martin is to the, on the offense's left. Quan Martin is cover, help covering the stack. Kittle comes from the other side, starts to go in motion, and you see Quan start pointing automatically um, to alert about the motion. And then the, and you can tell like there's a change in coverage, change in the rules of coverage. So then Kittle comes out, he takes Kittle, he's out, he's going outside. And I drew a line here for you in this where you can see all those receivers. If you're watching, if you're not, if you're listening to the podcast, basically three receivers on that side, they're all covered because they all played their assignment. And I do think it starts with the communication. So then Purdy is forced to go to Christian McCaffrey, I think over the middle, incomplete pass, but it starts with the communication that goes back to, to me, Quan Martin did a nice job with that. Um, so I think that was good. Um, I think there were a couple of times he took himself out of, out, of, out of the play, maybe with some angles. We could have cleaned it up a little bit more. There was a pop pass to Debo Samuel where he's covering Samuel, man to man. Samuel starts to go in motion. He goes with him, but then goes back, uh, goes in motion, comes with him, goes back on the pop pass, and he just can't get through, can't navigate through the traffic well enough. It's not like a speed thing. Quan's a four four six guy. Samuel's a, was a four four eight guy, but it was more about angles, and that's just that was a little thing because if it's a, you know there was almost there. It wasn't like it was a, a gross miss missed assignment or something like that. It was just a little bit off because he almost made a good play, but instead Samuel gets like fifteen yards. So there are a couple times like that. Um, but any he, again, he's not perfect. I just think there's something there to develop because of the other traits: smart, tough physical, competitive, um, and, and versatile. Like that's the stuff you want to see. So going forward, is he more of a third safety type? I don't know. I just, I do think that there's something that you can develop with him because I think he's been, I think he's done a solid job down the stretch, um, for, for Washington. I would still like, you'd like to see him resign cam curl. I think that would be really, very good. 
They, Percy Butler, I still think, can be developed. I, mean, I think he showed enough, whether he's a starter or a backup is another story, but I think he can help you. He's got some speed. You never want to get rid of that. He can help on special teams. Derek Force, I think, plays is, is a good guy to have around, too. Again, if for nothing else other than special teams, I would try to bring in another veteran safety just in case, but get another good communicator. But I think that's something Quan did pretty well. Um, and, you know, again, he's shown that he can cover in the slot. He's shown that he's he can go up against some tight ends and do okay. And, and you know, again, he covered McCaffrey a couple of times. So I think he does a nice job. And, you know, I think he's a keeper. Just what role he'll get to, I don't know. But he's certainly someone who's worth playing and keeping here for the future. Anyway, that's it for me. Um, <clears throat> feeling a little bit better today, folks, but still – Still on the, still trying to go forward here with this. Anyway, but I appreciate you tuning in. I'll be back Tuesday night with Bram Weinstein, 7.30 Eastern time, voice of the commanders and I. Therapy Tuesday, but really looking ahead Tuesday because that's what we're going to start doing because a lot of stuff's going to start happening over the next week. Um, and I would expect some moves pretty quick. So uh, there you go. Talk to you next time.